This is Christopher Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, back for our third podcast discussing community broadband networks. Today, we're talking about the Utah Telecommunication Open Infrastructure Agency, or Utopia. We start with Utopia Executive Director Todd Marriott, and we'll finish with a short interview of Pete Ashdown, the founder of X-Mission, which offers services over Utopia. Much has already been written about Utopia's financial problems, so we chose to focus instead on some of the benefits of the network. Now, let's start with Executive Director Todd Marriott. Todd Marriott, thank you very much for joining me on Community Broadband Bits. Thanks, Christopher. We appreciate all that you do here in the nation and in regards to this uh, national effort that's uh, so critical. Thanks. Well, you run Utopia, which has been around for a very long time, and I'm, I'm just hoping you can briefly explain to our audience what Utopia is. Utopia is 16 municipalities in Utah that got together about 10 years ago, begged for the, the incumbents, the cable companies, to provide better broadband. They were told no. They offered to pay them to do it. They were told no. And so they got together and said, we'll take matters into our, our own hands, and they put into place an active Ethernet open access system that uh, goes all the way from up in Rattlesnake Pass in Idaho down to Las Vegas and over 2,000 miles of fiber uh, in between. So it is really a critical infrastructure project of the state of Utah. And now when you say open access, can you just tell me a little bit about what that means? And if I'm a resident in the area, what does that mean for me? That's a great question because people understand it differently. Open access to us means uh, we because we are quasi-governmental and we're owned by the cities, we really do just establish the infrastructure. I think those that aren't familiar with open access could most or more closely align it with such things as an airport. Um, we are the airport. We build the runways, systems, and then we allow anybody else to use those runways that want to use it. So we have a lot of different service providers, for example, that provide a number of different offerings uh, across our pipes. And anybody that wants to use it can uh, and it's open to everybody who wants to do so. And so if I'm a resident, how many choices do I have right now? Today we have 15 providers and growing by four more in about a month of other types of service providers that provide data backup, provide transport and other delivery mechanisms. Uh, so I think by the end of August, you'll have about 19 different companies to choose from. Some that are triple play, some that are data only, some that do voice, TLS, VLAN, all kinds of services. Right now, when you say things like VLAN, it's it's a great acronym that people like me, we know what it means, but um, I presume that's mostly something for small businesses that they really can't get from the providers that you compete with on an infrastructure basis, uh, which are uh, CenturyLink now, uh, formerly Quest, and Comcast. Is that right? Not just smaller companies, bigger companies, but a lot of times now these smaller branches need the ability to establish a virtual network that doesn't rely on the internet that allows them to to peer with their other organizations and we because of the way utopia is built we're able to layer in our infrastructure the ability for them to have virtual networks as if they're 2,000 100 miles away or whatever the case is as if they're right next to their computers or systems or offices so they don't need to employ like some sort of tech person right they just get a cord from you basically they plug it into their computers or their networks and they're connected over hundreds thousands of miles if they need to be that is correct and uh, it works great. 
you've just launched a brand new service, the Gigabit Per Second, which is a, which is very rare throughout the United States. Can you tell me why you decided to, to launch that very high-level service? Yeah, and it's interesting. We've been providing uh, this gig to the home for some time, really. It's just that we noticed a lot of networks were kind of officially putting it out there. And, and so rather than doing it on a ones and twosy basis, we thought we would standardize it. Uh, we did. We, we've established uh, kind of a gig product now that's out there and it really is unique uh, the ability to have a gig to a resident let alone a businesses that can't get it is, is substantial and we do have people that are already using it and do you have any uh, really fascinating stories about what they're doing with it one of our gig users um, is using he's a movie producer who worked on a lot of pixar uh, parts of the caribbean those kinds of things and he could show you how dynamic his needs are uh, from a broadband perspective where he's transferring files that are so large, such significant, many of them at one time back and forth between different partners, et cetera, that um, he needs this type of work. He, he can work more effectively here in Utah than he can next door in, in Hollywood. Utopia has been offering new ways of consumers uh, to connect to the network with some pay upfront options or, or leasing connections in order to cover that very high capital cost that all networks have to wrestle with. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell me um, how some of those efforts are paying off and, and describe them for our readers. This is very expensive infrastructure, and that's why we, you know, it is an infrastructure build. If it were easy, uh, the incumbents would be doing it. We had to have models that allowed us to be sustainable and not just have somebody sign up like they would a cable service, use it for fast internet, move, or not treat it as the infrastructure it is. And so we allow people to really purchase uh, that infrastructure from curb to home, own it like you would a water line to your house, an electrical line to your home. Uh, because of the access, open access nature of it, it's something that you can use really for the life of your home, for your, your whole life, because you can choose if you don't like a provider. Today, if I don't like Comcast, I I have to quit and go to something else, and there's limited options. But with this infrastructure in place, I can really use a lot of different uh, services that are available on the net and just get connectivity through this pipe. And we, we that's kind of how we see it, is just the ability to have connectivity like you would electricity or water. And so we've developed models that allow an ownership nature to it. We also have some typical leasing models like most people would be used to as well. And so we provided and enabled our sustainability of our build. Then if I'm, uh, if I'm a homeowner and I, you know, I'm in an area near where you're offering service, uh, what can I do to get connected? Do I call Utopia and say what options are available? or I mean, how are you reaching out to those people to let them know that, that they have an option? That is a big job we have is allowing people the awareness that we have to have to let people know they can get access to it. And one of the biggest problems we have is that there are so many people that want to have access to it and we're just not in front of their homes yet. But those that are in front of their homes can call. We identify that through our customer care center or online. They're able to suggest that they want more information or subscribe and then get connected. And when they do, they have a number of different options. They can they can choose to uh, own the line or they can choose to lease it. And sometimes they've already established the line to their home. Uh, somebody may have moved and they're just moving in and they can reestablish it through a reconnect. And so there's a number of different ways that they, that they can do that. Yet people are so excited if they can get Utopia generally that we, we keep them and they, they really very aggressively find us, but 
the problem we have really, Christopher, is the people who can't get it yet. And that's we're trying to get to those. And that, that brings up my final question then. Back in, I want to say, 2007, there was testimony for a bill that was going to make it, I think it was going to make your life more miserable or Utopia's life more miserable in 2007. Um, in testimony in the Utah legislature, a local business from Murray, I believe, testified that, that when they considered leaving the areas that Utopia served when they were going to move their business, they realized that their business model would suffer and they needed to stay within the Utopia footprint. And so I'm curious if you if you know of any other stories of people who, once they get spoiled by your services, if they're finding it hard to, to move into an area where they may only have Comcast as a choice. There are many, many stories like that. Uh, they really occur on a daily basis. We get people that are moving into the area that will only buy a home or a business if it's connected along our routes. Um, and there are those who cannot move into other areas because they have this type of connectivity. And this type of connectivity is important because not just of the price. Generally, if somebody's using the Utopia network, their prices are significantly less, generally a third of what they pay anywhere else for 10 times more service. But it goes to more what they can do in terms of, of running their businesses and not having limits and constraints put on them, not having to answer to just one monolithic type of entity and, and the ability to have TLS type services or to do things that may be unique or more peering capabilities. And when they start running their businesses with these kind of capabilities, they build around their own product sets, business models that incorporate that ability. Uh, for example, title companies uh, that no longer send runners up and down the Wasatch Front, spending a lot of miles and, and gas money and time and energy to take big, thick reams of paper, but are able to simply hit a button and press one and, and, and they can print it out and save all that time and effort. And now, if that company, for example, were to move to a place where they may only have Comcast or CenturyLink and have to share access with other neighbors and business, et cetera, now they have to hire people and, and make runners. And that would be an example. But it is a consistent and constant inquiry we receive in the office. If I'm a resident and I said, you know, a gigabit's nice, but I'd really like to have 10 gigabits. Can Utopia provide that? Yes, and we have some customers that we provide 10 gigabit to. Absolutely. In fact, we thought about rolling out a 10 gigabit launch to the home. Um, as you know, that there's probably very few, if any, applications right now that 10 gigabit would actually work. So it'd be more of a, a PR thing, really. But yes, really, the way we've built the network, there's an infinite connectivity ability. We were building an infrastructure without limits. A lot of people will also ask just for the what happens when this infrastructure becomes obsolete by other technologies such as wireless? And as you know, heck, wireless is just an extension. We, we'd like to have more wireless along our routes and where we are. We're not in the business of fiber optic infrastructure. We're in the business as a government entity of providing critical connectivity infrastructure. And it's just that that, that base layer right now, the way to do that is via fiber. But anything we use now or in the future has to have that expandable capacity. Because as you can imagine, and you advocate, I'm sure, Christopher, if you went and plugged your toaster into the wall and it took 15 or 20 minutes to get your bread toasted because you're sharing with others, or your toaster came up and said, sorry, I can't toast your bread, it's buffering today. You cannot rely on that to do business. And at Utopia, that's why we're building that infrastructure. Similarly, we're having a lot of wild forest fires 
out here. And right now, the first responders are struggling. At times, they can only do Twitter because when you get into an area, the wireless overlay and some of the you know, emergency systems get overloaded and people are using their cell phones to get out of the way, to evacuate, etc. And that infrastructure is getting down to a wireline service that limits it both in terms of price by the incumbents and capacity so that when uh, cell phone companies are looking to expand and put their macro cell sites out there, they have to be, you know, look at business models. And because of our infrastructure, we're creating a microcell capability that will allow more capacity, more redundancy, more capability that will allow, for example, first responders the ability to handle emergencies like we're experiencing right now with these forest fires. And so that kind of speaks to it, uh, that issue as well. Well, thank you very much. This has uh, been great. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That was Todd Marriott, Executive Director of Utopia. Now we turn to Pete Ashdown, who runs a company offering services on the Utopia network. He founded X-Mission in 1993. On to the interview. You have launched a uh, gigabit service option for your subscribers. But before we get to that, maybe you can just talk a little bit about what you do as a, as a company on the Utopia network. Well, X-Mission uh, was the first and is the oldest uh, independent Internet service provider in Utah. Uh, we started in 1993, and we were also one of the first ISPs to get on the Utopia network before they, you know, I was out there lobbying with them when they were trying to get this thing started. So we have about several thousand customers on there right now. I'm not sure the exact count for you, but we service anywhere from 5 meg to 100 meg and now a gig. And were you a uh, DSL reseller before then? We were and we are. We did DSL with Quest and now CenturyLink. We started DSL with them in 1997, and that was a, a very successful partnership, but for whatever reasons, uh, CenturyLink decided that with their Fiber to the Node and ADSL2 product, they did not want third-party participation. If people are interested, they can look up your uh, website where you had a good post about that, I want to say, a year or two ago. You know, I've been very verbal about it. I thought we um, brought a lot of money to Quest during uh, the time that we service. well, we continue to service their DSL, the original DSL product. And also, we are pride ourselves with our support, and I think that's one of the hardest parts of the equation in doing Internet service provision. And that's why small ISPs have been very successful, obviously. Uh, now you're offering uh, a product that's far better than anything Quest will offer, now CenturyLink will offer for the foreseeable future. What's happening there? The rise of gigabit offerings has started to happen around the world, and, and I, Utopia decided that this was something they could do on their infrastructure in, uh, as they're rolling it out in Centerville and, and eventually to the other Utopia service cities. And so they asked us and other internet service providers on the network whether we would be willing to do uh, gigabit. And, you know, ever since I've done internet uh, over uh, modems in the early days to the faster bandwidths later, I've always felt that it's not so much the speed, but the usage that counts. So if there's a, an opportunity to provide a faster speed to our customers. Uh, I'm going to do that because it's going to work out for a better experience for them. And I don't think the majority of those customers are, are necessarily going to use any more than they otherwise would. So how many customers have you seen uh, pick it up? 
Uh, we haven't signed up anybody yet. We've had a number of calls on it. You know, it is 300 bucks a month. And although that's something that I would love to have in my own house if I had Utopia, um, I don't think the majority of uh, residences out there are really interested in jumping on something like that. They'd have to be a, uh, probably a very tech-savvy or a heavy computer user to, to go with that. Yeah, I, I think it will be the same here. Um, we actually did some surveying. Uh, in downtown Salt Lake City as to what the interest was in, in having a gigabit offering and most people aren't even aware of what their current connection speed is. Mm -hmm. um, they just know if it's too slow and if it's too slow then they inquire about what, what else is available but if they're if it's not too slow they're happy with what they've got which could be you know around 10 meg for most people so obviously it's not just the speeds that are that are driving people to use your services i'm just curious as the as a last question what sets x mission apart uh, you already mentioned the support i'm wondering if there's there's any specific stories or if there's other things that x mission does that that set it apart from a comcast a quest or maybe even another service provider on the utopia network one of the things that i think there's two points there the first is that our longevity we've been around since 1993 which is an eternity in technology the other companies uh you know a lot of them Comcast included got involved in the last 10 years in, in doing internet service provision. So we have real depth of experience that I think the other ones have a hard time matching. Uh, the second point is, is that we're very active in the community. We um, have a nonprofit program where we give up to $50 a month in services to any 501c3, regardless of their mission, to help them get on the internet or, or set up email for their office or set up a website. And we currently have over 250 nonprofits that take advantage of that. So we've been very generous in our support of the community, um, support not only not only with that nonprofit program, but in support of uh, music festivals and arts festivals. Um, we have a presence in this community, and we continually give back not only with our efforts there, but in having local jobs and and people that come to our office and work rather than outsourcing it to a call center in some other country, uh, we believe that being local is very important. I'm curious if you have any advice um, for uh, communities who are trying to find someone to encourage them to get into the business or how, how a community can, can come to uh, have an ex-mission-like entity working with them. I do. The, um, the first thing is, is that any sort of effort to finance municipal fiber network with bonds and uh, wholesale payback, I think sh I think should be looked upon with skepticism. I supported that initially when Utopia was trying to get this thing rolled out, but I think if people want municipal networks, and they should want municipal networks because they're a an economic driver, they should put it on the ballot and pay for it up front. So there's no question as to the economic viability and the operation of that network. It's like roads and airports and any other infrastructure, digital infrastructure is no different and should be paid for in the same way. It shouldn't be looked at as a, as a business proposition. It should be looked at as, a, at as an essential part of a city or a state. The second thing is I believe in, in open networks, um, but you've got to be firm with the people who are participating on the open network. Uh, we've had a number of, for lack of a better word, shysters who have participated on the Utopia network. They didn't pay their bills and they got in arrears of uh, several million dollars 
And that's really difficult for the providers like X-Mission who are paying their bills and are being upstanding and are trying to contribute to the network to operate when you have these other guys who are not. I think they need to be hardcore when somebody doesn't pay their bill, just like with an Internet service provider, they should be shut down immediately. I really uh, appreciate your time. Yes, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity, Chris. And that was Pete Ashdown, founder of X-Mission. To learn more about X-Mission, their website is xmission.com. That's an X followed by the word mission.com. And their blog is at transmission.xmission.com. For more information about Utopia, you can surf over to utopianet.org. Thanks to my colleague Lisa Gonzalez for putting the show together and Fit in the Conniptions for the music licensed using Creative Commons. The song is called Storms Over.